Piezo stands for titanium dioxide and zinc oxide. In other words, their commitment to mineral sun protection is right in the name. Taizo is known for having a unique line of all mineral sunscreens with different textures and finishes that cater to every skin type and tone. Sunscreen application may seem burdensome, but with Taizo, it doesn't have to be. Their sunscreens have been meticulously crafted to seamlessly fit into your daily routine. Whether it is saving a step in the morning with an SPF that doubles as a makeup primer or giving your skin a glow before running errands, Taizo has you covered. All Taizo sun protection formulas have broad spectrum protection and are 100% free of chemical sunscreens, dyes, parabens, gluten, preservatives, fragrances, and phthalates. Check out Taizo's mineral sunscreens and so much more at TaizoSkin.com. That's T-I-Z-O Skin.com. Shop with code LISTEN10 to receive 10% off your first order. This message is intended as a reminder that we are not licensed professionals, not psychiatrists or psychologists. If you have a serious problem, please seek professional help. The National Suicide Hotline is 1-800-273-8255. That's 1-800-273-8255. Mic check one, two. Mic check one, two. Hearing all these letters read aloud by damsels not in distress. Host came to impress. Bitch, check your DMs. This is hot off the press. Hello. How you doing? I'm good. Um, I actually had a bit of a little funny story to tell you before we get into what we're getting into today. Let's hear it. Um, I've had my eye on like somewhat of a big purchase, somewhat fancy. Um, it's a bidet. <laughs> I don't know. This podcast I listen to has just been pushing it really hard and they've been pushing this brand Tushy really hard. Okay. And so, you know, it's like one of those sites where you look at it once and you get 10 advertisements a day for it. So they advertise the the crap out of it to me. And then like finally purchased one and every single like email I've gotten about it that like they received my order or it's shipped or anything has been very eccentric I would say like it's like your butt is about to be so happy and it like has like this colorful branding and like everything and it arrived and my landlord texts me whenever packages arrive and usually I'm just like okay whatever I'll get it but when it arrived and I knew it was it I like sprinted down there because like I was like oh my god my neighbors are gonna see like Chloe's butt is about to be so happy on the packaging and we all know that um, I hooked up with someone in this building and I didn't want him to see it. So I sprinted down to get my bidet and it's here. Is it life-changing? Um, I haven't set it up yet. <laughs> I, I like a report um, once this is over with. I, I'm not convinced. I have been to Japan and tried it out myself. Didn't really do it for me, but um, mm. wish you the best of luck. Thank you. That was just my little disclaimer. How this are you? Time, I got you eating a lot of fiber. Now you need a bidet. That is true. Maybe it's maybe you're the reason I got a bidet because you introduced me to all the fiber products. That's okay. Um, how are you? I'm good. Today um, on our episode, we're talking a lot about rejection. So Chloe and I are going to tell you guys a little bit about some of our favorite rejection stories. Um, so I gave this a think, and this this episode is sort of about like broader sense rejection. But I'm going to tell a dating rejection story because I think it's a good one. So when I was like 16, I was on my first time traveling internationally by myself. 
I had done a Spanish exchange program and I became really close with my friend who lived in Seville and we did the exchange. She came and lived with me in Philadelphia. I lived with her in Seville. And then that summer I was um, studying in a conservatory in France and I got a scholarship there. I was really excited. Um, but it was my first time. I didn't know anyone like in the program or whatever traveling by myself. So I get to France all as well. I do the conservatory program. I'm dating a guy who I had been dating that whole year. He had was a year above me. He had just graduated um, from our high school and he was about to go to college. He was one of these people who was obsessed with camp. I don't know if you know the type, but like people who like freaking love their camp. And that boy had a little bit too much fun in camp. Let's just say that, right? And I was like getting the signs, but I was also just like really feeling myself in my art um, because I was just like immersed in like the French culture. So um, I was not paying attention to him and that was a mistake. So anyway, then I go to Seville, right? And I'm living it up. I'm with my friend because like I'd already seen, I've already been with her, but now I'm visiting her because I happened to be in Europe that summer. So I'm visiting her and like, it's going great. And it's time for me to leave. And I'm all excited because I think I'm going to go home and I'm going to see my boyfriend. Right. So I get to the airport in Seville and it turns out that my flight is delayed. And again, I'm alone and I'm very alone at this point. So, because I need to take a connecting flight from Seville to Madrid to fly from Madrid to Philadelphia. So my flight is delayed and it's like getting really sketchy on if I'm going to make this flight. So I, the flight's delayed, I get to Madrid and um, I'm sprinting to the airport with all this stuff. Thought I was really sick and like European at the time. So I'm wearing this like short white romper. My butt was definitely out, like sweat stains. I don't know why a romper was like effective plane attire. People wear comfortable stuff on the plane. Nobody's supposed to look cute. I hadn't learned that lesson yet. Um, the bus driver hits on me when I'm trying to like get my luggage because of course it's in a different terminal. Anyway, I missed the flight from Madrid to Philadelphia. So I am now not only traveling alone, I now have to stay by myself in Madrid. And I'm unhappy, right? Because I was ready to go home. So anyway, I'm like in an airport hotel by myself. I'm petrified because I'm 16. And like now doing this, I would have thought it was like sick that I was in Madrid by myself. And like I'd go to a restaurant, whatever. I was scared. So I don't leave the hotel room, right? I um, call my boyfriend because I'm ready to be comforted. And like, you know, just want to hear like some comforting words while I'm in here by myself. I have nothing to do. And uh he breaks up with me and told me that he had been cheating on me the entire summer. So I am now in a hotel room alone, broken up with and cheated on. And uh, that is my story of rejection in uh, to like give everybody like a little hope here. I have my five year anniversary with Brian on Wednesday. So the theme of this episode is that things suck and then they get better. Keep at it. Focus on yourself because like thinking about the person I was when I was 16 to the person who I am today. Um, I am really happy to tell that 16 year old that we're going to get to where we are today and just keep with it people because that was one of my very much lower moments and uh, it gets better. Oh my God, what an asshole. Right? Guys always do that. They'll always break up with you at like the worst possible time. It was the worst possible time. It is now time for us to share your rejection story. Well, I was trying to think of my number one rejection story. 
and I wouldn't say this is number one, but I'll say it was like a pretty like pivotal rejection in my dating life. Um, it was the first date I went on after my long-term boyfriend from college and I broke up and it was in DC. And looking back, I mean, you feel, feel really dumb and like beat yourself up for all the things that you should have noticed, but I was very young and naive at the time. So he was the first guy that I matched with on an app and, um, he didn't really like plan anything for the date. He was like, just come over and we'll figure it out. And I was like, okay. (laughs) And yeah, I don't know. He lived in Bethesda, which was a little bit of a drive for me. And I drove over there and it was raining. And I just remember that was like his excuse of like, oh, well, we can't go anywhere. It's raining. (laughs) Like. Like we couldn't just walk somewhere. We couldn't get in the car and go anywhere. So we went in his apartment and we just talked and we made out and I left. And I just like, I would like, I'd be so embarrassed to see how I was like describing this to my roommate at the time. But I like, I was like, yeah, we had such a connection and we just made out. I didn't have sex with him. And like, I'm definitely going to hear from him. He definitely feels the same way. And I can't even say he ghosted me because I think I did message him something small, like, two or three days later, because it was like 10 different advice coming at me. Like, yeah, just see, like, just send him a message and see if he's interested. And then he said some half-assed response. But I will just say it was definitely the first time that like, I got a taste of the dating world. And it was just really like sad and very, I don't know, just to like, look back and think about how like young and naive I was and like, oh, well, we didn't have sex. So like, he's definitely going to call, you know what I mean? Like, and not expecting more of my dates and like expecting more of myself. And that was just a hard one to be like, oh, wow, people really are out here ghosting. And yeah, I'm pretty sure he was the first person like I matched with on an app after my ex. Yeah. I'm sad that as women, like we all have these thought processes about how like, depending on whether or not we engage our sexual needs like they may or may not stay like because that would never make a difference in terms of like women interacting with men no definitely not nothing like being rejected in my dating life has prepared me better for being rejected as an actor (laughs) because buckle up people in the entertainment industry you're gonna be rejected all the time you won't start to like it it's gonna start to be like hey you're missing out pal Mm -hmm. And that's showbiz, baby. And speaking of someone in showbiz, <laughs> we have an amazing guest for you guys today. Um, so let's go talk to her. All right. So we're so excited to welcome Sam Valentine to the podcast. Thanks for joining us. Hi. Happy to be here. Sam is an actress, podcast host of One Broke Actress, and just killing it here in LA. I moved out here last year to kind of pursue acting a little bit more seriously. And I mean, as you know, and talk about a lot on your podcast, I was just so overwhelmed on where to start. And I felt like you just gave like a plethora of resources for people starting in the industry. That makes me so happy to hear. Because this this town's an amazingly large train wreck. If yes. you don't have anyone guiding you, did you know? Did you know anyone when you moved here? Not really. I had a friend who does producing, but it okay. was I was kind of going in blindly and just I forget how I stumbled across yours. I think it was on a blog or something. Mm-hmm. I was just very confused on where to start. So I was like just very lucky to have found you and was kind of curious of like your backstory and like how you came to create that and all that good stuff. 
Yeah. So first of all, thank you for having me. I'm every time someone invites me on a podcast, I'm first of all, very flattered. And second of all, so happy to come along and not have to drive the ship. It's just really, (laughs) it's always less stressful. Uh, But um, yeah, so I moved to LA almost 10 years ago uh, from all over the Midwest. I grew up trading cities to cities, but all in like places where tornadoes would hit. Uh, And we moved around all the time, Midwest family, living outside of small towns. And I just always wanted to be an actor and I went to school for acting, which I mean, God bless my parents. I had had no training, but I said, I think I'm going to go to school for acting. And they were like, okay, Samantha, like that's good. And they were, they were very supportive. Thank God. Um, and let me do it. Even though the most plays I had done were in like the high school cafe gymatorium, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah. So I, when I graduated, I moved to LA, uh, within a couple of days of graduating, I think I say 48 hours in all my stories, but I think it was like three to four days, but I was done. Like I, I was ready to be here. Uh, I had an agent already that I had met from a showcase. I had had, um, some meetings with people. I was, I thought, you know, I had a place to live that I had found on a website and I was like, yes, I am ready. And everyone says, Oh, it's going to take so long to get successful. And I was like, watch me. I got to LA and then I panicked because <laughs> I had no money. Uh, I had enough to like first and last month's rent, um, but I was scared of buying groceries. I was scared of getting on the highway. Uh, everything scared me. I feel like I couldn't find a resource either that helped me except for the people I met in the restaurant jobs. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I would ask a bunch of questions, but then I I feel like at that time, the competitiveness of people with each other, maybe it's gotten better because I stopped hanging out with people who suck, but also it felt like there was the competitiveness that was so rampant in that world. Um, and so I don't think I ever got straight answers when I was like, okay, I'm here. Like, I actually didn't know how to get auditions. I was like, okay, so I'm here. How do I get auditions? I had a commercial agent, but I was like, how do I get like TV auditions? And no one told me what to do. And then thank God I met this uh, amazing actress named Ashley Platts, who's still a friend to this day. And she's been on my podcast. Um, But she was like, okay, here's what you do. And she took out a piece of paper and she was like, join Actors Access, join LA Casting. You need to put up photos, you have a resume. And she's like, and by the way, where do you live? And I was like, Lincoln Heights. And she was like, "Uh uh-uh, here's a list of places you can live. And like, she really helped guide me. She was just the first person I ever met who would do that. And, you know, fast forward four, five years later, I was like, I need to make this something that people can have um, in some type of way that can be updated constantly with new information. I created One Broke Actress to show like, here's all the stuff I wish I would have had when I first got to LA. Here's all the information. Here's, you know, things I'm still learning on a day-to-day basis um, and have it world. Just take it, take it from me. I think it's funny um, what you said about how like you didn't know anything when you came here and that you needed to find like somebody who was willing to share that with you because I feel like so many people in the industry have this like idea like I figured it all out so why can't you and it's like I think everybody along the way has somebody who like sat there with them and said like hey this is what you need to be doing 
the right direction to go in. Um, and maybe you don't think about it when you've like reached a certain point, but we all had that person. And like, I feel really lucky because I went to USC and I've said this to Chloe mm-hmm. before, like I had a built-in social network when I started like to start acting, but like really professionally, but none of my friends were actors. So like trying to build a community of other entertainers, I actually found to be difficult somewhat like I think it came from taking like lots of different acting classes like meeting people on shoots and that sort of thing to really start to find like your people yeah yeah no I I agree I think that's one of the my top things when people ask me like what what do I actually do when I get to LA and it's like well I think and I think this is probably true for any big city but LA was the biggest jump that I made is that uh you need to start finding your community and it's going to change and it's going to grow and you're going to go to an acting studio that is so weird and not for you and you're going to go to an improv so thing that, right so many so many weird ones like i spent so much time in college for example like being a squirrel like I don't need to be a squirrel um but you're going to but you have to like test the waters to find out where you belong for a moment and everything's a season you can change i highly recommend taking lots of different classes yeah. um but finding your people is just as important as uh, finding reps or finding anything else. I would actually say it's um, more important because it's what helps you get roots. Yeah, yeah, it's funny because like you think about how many people in your community like help you to get, like I've definitely recommended my friends to agents and managers and that sort of thing. And like people, I remember one of my really close friends helped me get into SAG. Like you oh, awesome. people that are in your community, I feel like will help you. Like it's it's so much about, I think, like putting out good energy and like giving what you put out. And as long as like you're willing to reciprocate, then I think people will also be nice to you. Yeah. It's like we make it so complicated to like network, but really like it starts with just being a cool person to hang out with and being a good human. And like the second I meet someone, I'm like, oh, I can't wait to to help you, especially actors. Like yes. I get so excited to help actors in any way I can. I'm like, oh, I'm going to post you on my Instagram. Like, I don't have a huge following, but like, maybe it'll be something. Well, I was going to say, we talk a lot about how Lauren and I don't really want to date actors. Me either. (laughs) But we did kind of want to talk about like your dating life when you moved out here. Were you dating anyone or were you kind of like on the scene or how? This is so fun. Nobody's ever asked me about this before because I've been with the same person for forever and a half. You do? Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, so I was really nervous when I got to LA. Um, I thought everyone had STDs and was <laughs> just so scared. I was from such a small town and anyone I hooked up with or like dated or whatever in, in college was somewhere in my sphere. So someone knew them or I had known them for a while. So there was no like random hookups, right? It was all like people in, like I was Greek. So it was a lot of like the Greek I'm curious where you went to college also. Missouri State. Oh, Missouri State. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yes. Where, what in Greek life were you in? I was a Delta Zeta. Oh, cool. I was an Alpha Phi. I love Greek pilots. I love things about college and I'm still trying to stay young enough looking so I can play a girl Same. in a sorority. I'm in the youth department at my agency, just like hanging on by a thread. <laughs> yes. So I went to Missouri State. I was a Delta Zeta. Um, and uh, I dated a lot of people who we knew, the guys we went to parties with, um, I had a couple serious boyfriends. There was one guy who was like, he'd never call me his girlfriend, but he was the one I liked the most, which is the most annoying. Uh, And so when I came to LA, I was really scared to date people. Uh, My first date was actually a complete accident. This is kind of a fun story. So I worked at the um, Sunset Marquee Hotel, which is right on La Cienega, kind of where it dead ends um, at Sunset. 
It's a gorgeous little hotel. Like Michael Bublé recorded his Christmas album there. Like it was, wow. Yeah, he was lovely. He told me I was a ray of sunshine. But yes, yeah, so we had a guest who was staying there. Uh, and he was he stayed there for like, I think like nine days. And I worked at the restaurant. And he came in maybe every morning to have breakfast. And I was there. I worked seven to three, you know, or six to three, like every day. And he uh, would always talk, chat with me. And he was like, do you want to hear a song? And he was like, I'm, I have to listen to these songs and vote on them. It turns out it was like the Grammy nominating committee, <laughs> which was really cool. I was like, I know nothing about music. Uh, I was 22. I He was so nice and super cute. And I was like, this guy's so nice. And he left me a note on his last day. I didn't work that shift. He left me a note that one of my coworkers gave me that was like, I'm leaving town tomorrow. I'd love to take you to dinner. I was like, my first date in LA is with a big music producer guy. Cool. And so we went to the standard. It was uh, it was the day they shut the 405 down. So like no one was driving, which is a weird thing to remember. Um, they called it Carmageddon. Mm-hmm. And uh, and he picked me up in his like really nice rental car. And we went to dinner. And it was so nice. And I was like, God, he's so successful at this age. This is so crazy. And while we were having dinner, he said, "I." he said, like, how old are you? You talk like someone much wiser than yourself. And I was like, I'm 22. He's like, wow. And I said, how old are you? And he said, I'm 49. And I was like, oh, <laughs> I just froze, panicked. Like I had never dated someone more than two years older than me, like in small Midwest towns. Hey, I'm bad so, at math. How, how much is that? 22 to 32. So he was 17 years. Uh, I'm sorry. He was 27, right? 27 years older than me. How many actresses does it take to do auditions? I know, right? (laughs) Uh, He was, like, my dad was, like, five years older than him. And I just panicked. (laughs) I did not know what to do. Uh, We had the, like, I tried to stay cool. We had the rest of our dinner. We went upstairs and had a drink on the rooftop downtown. It's very beautiful. And, uh, And then he tried to kiss me goodbye. And I was like, oh. He had to turn the cheeks. I was like, I can't do it. And so he was so kind and he wasn't creepy, but I was just flabbergasted, like completely couldn't, couldn't handle it. So that was my first date in LA. Didn't set me up to succeed. I was like, now I'm suspicious of everyone. I have to know everyone's backstory. I have to like get, check their Facebook. But I didn't realize that that was so common. That it was so common that really young girls dated much older men. I thought it was just like a thing you saw in movies. Um, so that was a brunt facing reality of LA. Um, I dated a few guys off and on guys I would meet at the gym or like out a friend, uh, nothing very serious. I never got on dating apps. Um, because they got popular right after I started dating my now fiance. Uh, we met at the gym. He was a coach. I was a front desk girl. Uh, he broke up with his girlfriend uh, a couple nights later. We got really drunk at the bar and the rest is literal history. But it literally started with like an attempted one night stand. Um, it was the first time I ever tried it. Apparently the last time I'm ever going to have to try it. <laughs> um, so we'll have been together for, um, I think it was it's been seven years. Mm. Um, and will have been engaged for two years on Christmas Day because we were supposed to get married in July, but pandemic. So Aww. yeah, he's a good one. He he actually came to LA to be an actor. Um and he decided he actually liked writing stories better than he liked being in someone else's stories. 
so we pivoted to that. He just also happens to be a really, really talented trainer. Um, so that's, that's, that's what he does. It's really nice. He's not emotionally sensitive. I don't want to date someone who has the same problems as me. <laughs> I know some people do it successfully, but I don't know. I don't know if I could do it. I don't know if I could do it. Are either of you dating actors? No, my boyfriend, I've been with him for five years on Wednesday. Yay, congrats. Thank you. And um, he's in sales. And great. It honestly has been phenomenal for my career because I feel like I've talked about this on the podcast before. I'll talk about it again. But he's like been really great in helping me market myself like as an mm. actor, which I don't think I was great at before. Cause like you study acting in school, you know, you're great at like acting, but like in terms right. of like emailing agents, like he had me write handwritten letters when I was trying to move from agencies. And I did that. And like, he had me go through their LinkedIn's and find out something like, personal about um the agent so like my current agent was um or he is the usc softball coach and like i went to usc and played softball so in my letter i had written something like uh would love to have you on my team from one former softball captain to a coach and like uh, my current agent like walked into the room with my headshot in that letter and was like my life is usc softball so it like meant a lot that you looked up at that and um figured it out so I feel like he's been really great in, though he's not an actor, like what he brings to the table still really has helped my career because it's things that like I would never have thought about when I was starting out in acting. Yeah. Oh my God. That's great. Yeah. Get a normal guy. I don't date actors. I okay. swipe left on them on the dating apps. <laughs> are you on the apps? I am, unfortunately. Okay. What apps are you on? I'm on Hinge is the main one. Okay. And I hate to say it, but they just do it like better no apps are good I'll start there and you guys are not missing out I will say that but I will say in terms of like the one that does it the best is probably hinge why is that because it's like I don't like bumble because you have to talk to them first and then it's like I feel like I put in effort as we are all like very hardworking ladies I like look at their profile and put an in effort into my prompt and then they don't say anything and that really makes me mad oh yeah we do that enough with like agents and casting already we don't need to right do exactly too much work tinder I mean whatever we all know what that has turned into yeah. <laughs> personally I get on Raya for the contacts like that that is honestly what I would do <laughs> Yeah, I, I would love to get on Raya. It would be really fun. My friend and I looked up that Raya's hard to get on, but then That's it's like, like I, I don't know that it is anymore. Um, I know they're very secretive. Mm -hmm. Like if they catch you screenshotting stuff, they'll shut down your profile. They like yell at you. Yeah. Which um, I get. Like if I was if I was like uber famous and I wanted to use a dating app, I wouldn't want someone to screenshot me either, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. There was like a follower limit where you had to have like thousands of followers, but, um, I could talk about that shit. I hate that. Yeah. Mm, I hate that across all platforms. I hate that in the acting world. Mm -hmm. I hate that in the, in anything where they demand an amount, right? Because uh, for example, I put more work into one broke actress than I think I put into almost anything <laughs> except my acting career. And I have like, uh, like 2,400 followers, but I have feel like I have earned every single person and I talk to them all day long. I feel like I know so many people. I feel like when someone reaches out, they're a new friend. Like it's, it, I feel so engaged and my engagement rate is like 20%, which is 
really good. Um, like the, you know, the big platforms have like one to five. Um, so I feel, I feel really good about it, but I hate that the numbers matter, especially in like the acting world, because like when you book jobs, the followers will come. Mm-hmm. So when like I've had print auditions before where they ask for follower counts and I'm like I can't. I don't know too much about Raya, but Hinge is what I'm on. Okay. And honestly, anytime I see someone that says they're like just an actor or just a screenwriter or just a producer, I'm kind of like, no, you're not. <laughs> like <laughs> I'm, I just like swipe left. Like I'm just like I don't know. I I just think it's kind of different between girls and guys too. And I I mean I didn't officially date, but I did mingle with someone in my apartment complex who was an actor. Our personalities, well, we were both Geminis. That was also the problem. But our personalities were very like a lot. You know what I mean? Like, Mm -hmm. I just feel like, not that like I'm like bragging on social media all the time, but it's just like, he was like always posting on social media and bragging about his stuff. And like, I don't know. I just, there's I don't, a, there's I just, don't actors. Yeah. no, no, totally. And I completely understand. There's totally also a difference between, um, sharing what you're doing and being proud of yourself and bragging, right? Like there's the, I did a post. Sometimes I do like secret posts just for people to send to like my email subscribers. Cause I'm like, oh, this might not go over well. So I wrote one called actor spam. Cause sometimes, and listen, I do it too, but sometimes I get annoyed because I'll scroll through Instagram and everyone's like flashback being on set, hashtag new makeup for headshots, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, I just, this would be fine if it wasn't all you posted. This Mm. would be fine if it wasn't every day. Like all you're doing right now is reaffirming yourself to the world that you're an actor. And listen, I get it. Especially if you haven't worked this year, all you want to do is make sure people still know you an actor. We know you're an actor. We know, we know, and it's okay. And if you have a cool picture you want to share, like, that's great. I, all I have to do is scrounge through my old photos to post for one broke actress. Like I got to scrounge. Um, but I think that the actor spam of like, and just ingesting it all the time is like icky. It's yeah. just really icky. It can feel weird. I mean, even I feel weird sometimes. Like, and I just got an agent and I was super proud and I wanted to post it, but then I'm just like, I don't, it just, it sometimes just feels weird. I don't know. Like, I hope you posted that though. Okay, That's great. Okay, yeah. okay good. Good. You got to, you got to celebrate the victories. There's a way of doing it without being an asshole, right? Mm -hmm. It's not a comparison. It's not like a, um, I did this thing, right? It's like, I'm so excited to celebrate after all of my hard work, X, Y, and Z. Right. And it's really more, it's even more exciting to the people who are following you or your friends and family, if they've been along for your journey of hard work. Like, I feel like the next thing I book, because I've, I have such like a family with one broke actress that they're going to be so pumped for me. Mm -hmm. And I'm so pumped for all the actors I see who book stuff um, because it's like I get to be along their journey of hard work. It's not like all they post is victories, which is very different. So good job and congrats on the agent. That's huge. Thank you. And I'm curious, like, how did you feel that your relationship had to adjust because like you guys are in a place where things are like obviously going to the marriage point and Mm -hmm. with the pandemic, like, did it become more stressful, like being with each other all the time or how did that go? Yes and no. Uh, we, first of all, separate bathrooms, game changer. Mm-hmm. Everyone should have two bathrooms. <laughs> if you can, it's a very privileged thing to say, but separate bathrooms is really big. Um, <laughs> he's been working almost this whole time, actually. Uh, the gym pretty has pr- pivoted pretty quickly. Uh, so he's been actually pretty busy. The thing that changed was me being home all the time. Because up until this started, I was working three or four jobs, like running from side job, side job, side job. When I was home, I was doing something with one broke actress, running the dogs out, coming back, um, you know, going back to another job. 
Uh, and so me having to put like the pause on my life and having to sit in the same place for a long period of time, like I had to do a lot of work on myself. So I was like, what really defines me having a good day? Uh, because the way I act in the world is reflects onto him and he has to, you know, he really has to sit in the room with me at the end of the day. And right now he's the only person in the room with me at the end of the day. Um, so if my energy sucks, it sucks to be him in that room. So I had to really think like, you know, before what qualified for me as like a good accomplished day was like, okay, I made money at this job and then I made money at this job and then I submitted for these jobs. And then I, you know, I maybe filmed an audition and like, okay, great or you know doing a hundred things or getting a bunch of things accomplished so when there's a lot less to do i floundered for a while i was like what 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 gives me meaning what gives me happiness like how do i it's everything was on pause so it wasn't like okay you can work on this you know later it was like we don't know when you can work on this again we don't know when there's going to be jobs to submit for we don't know when your acting career will matter so a lot of it was me figuring out my life um he's very steady He's, his writing career is really, really great. And he's so good at just sitting and being. Um, and so I had to work on that part of myself a lot, a lot. And I'm a lot calmer than I used to be, especially in this like second wave. So I'm not leaving the house much anymore right now because we're in the December period. Um, but uh, yeah, for the both of us too, we had to kind of like talk about what we needed. I'm like, I my desk faces the window. When I'm not podcasting, I turn my desk and it faces my window. Um, so I don't have to like look and see what anyone else is doing. I can stay like focused. Um, I had to tell him like point blank, like here's my schedule and here's when I need you to like not talk to me (laughs) because he always like wants to share a gift or a meme or something. And he's like, look at this. And it's funny. And I'm like, I love you so much, but I have ADHD. And if you show me one more thing, I'm not going to (laughs) finish seven page paper I'm working on. Um, so, you know, figuring out how we work in the same space, has been really eye-opening because it's a, you know, we have a two-bedroom apartment, so we have space. Um, some people have more, some people have less, but we've we've really made it work. And we're lucky that we have some healthy habits too. Like yeah. uh, we're both, he I was in the fitness industry for a while. He is still in it. Um, although the first couple of months we drank like every single night, um, but not anymore. <laughs> Only like on weekends. Um, yeah, no, we had to really make our own schedules and that was, that was really hard. We'd have some some talks about money and what would happen if things did fully shut down. Um, and it's a constant chat too about the financial thing. Like, you know, where uh, where do we stand with this? One day we want to buy a house. Like, when do we think that'll be possible? Mm-hmm. Um, and I think a lot of actors probably struggle with this too, but all I want is to contribute more. Mm-hmm. And for me to contribute more, it would take like me going back to working five jobs. Cause I get pennies compared to what he makes. Yeah. So it's like a really big, it's a struggle. It's, and I have to really, uh, give myself, uh, you know, kudos for what I do do. It's not always for the money. You know, I, I clean a house a lot. I cook, I love doing those things. Yeah. Um, but that's what I have to offer more of right now in the relationship and figuring out like just being okay with not being able to provide as much as he does is, um, it's very hard for a very woke feminist like myself. <laughs> Speaking of people who have had to make a shift amid the pandemic, mm-hmm. our letter writer today had to do so. So, dear damsels, like you two, I'm pursuing an acting career in LA. 
With the pandemic, I made the switch from New York to Los Angeles and shifted my career focus from theater to the film TV world. I have found the theatrical process to be a lot more sensitive and less superficial than the film TV world. I feel like I'm constantly facing rejection and how casting is often looking for a certain type that I don't fit. I also moved to LA as a single person and feel like between getting rejected in my career life and now also my relationship life, it's becoming too much to handle for my mental health and I feel exhausted. What pointers do you have with becoming okay with rejection and how do I start hearing more yes and less no? Sincerely, always the reject, never the recipient. I was gonna say that sign off alone <laughs> makes me so sad. But I, yeah, I relate to this a lot though. Cause I feel like, I mean, I put a lot out and I do PR during the day. It's like, I put a lot of energy into that. I put a lot of energy into my auditions. I put a lot, like I said, I put a lot of energy into my Bumble prompts. <laughs> like, and it can be a lot sometimes. And I think something I'm kind of bad at, and we were kind of touching on this on the last episode, Lauren, I kind of like don't turn off like we were talking about before. Like if I get on like a work train, I'm like, okay, what else can get done? Like, what else can I do today? And I just have like a really bad time just like shutting myself off. You know, it's funny. I feel like I've been rejected so many times that I've been really good. I've gotten good at advising people who get rejected um, <laughs> because I just think I'm like so adjusted to it at this point. Um, like somebody in my acting class uh, recently got rejected from grad school and <sighs> I was immediate with the statistics. Like Steven Spielberg got rejected from USC and now his name's on the building. Never forget. <laughs> <laughs> um, totally and I do think that just like in our industry this that's a part of it baby uh buckle up so busy. <laughs> <laughs> and honestly like it's okay because so often it doesn't have to do with you and like yeah like casting has a type but like I do honestly believe that our industry is getting better like we're becoming more open to seeing real people to seeing all different types of people um and I think that like one day your time will come where you are the type that they're looking for mm -hmm. and I think that that like you know sucks because it means that you have to keep being persistent but if you're the keep if you continue to be the person that keeps being persistent then at one point you're going to be the last person standing there and to me that's just like the end game like you just got to keep doing it and you'll get there in terms of relationships and I know that that sucks because sometimes like you're really going through it and you feel like everything is collapsing in on you it feels like mm -hmm. nothing's working out and that is such a difficult feeling but honestly when you can put your energy into to things that you love and things that you care about, I always feel like the relationship stuff works out. Like truly you find your people um, and it's hard while you're going through it, but it happens. And the more you can focus on like bettering yourself in other ways, because like I'm really all about like finding other hobbies outside of acting. Like I've made a lot of friends in like my Spanish class um, and even in like just like fiction writing groups and like book clubs. Like there's mm -hmm. other things that we all like and maybe you have to give it a think, like what do you care about? I know there's some actors who are like acting is my life, but if you really gave it a thought, like there are other things that you're into that like would make you just as happy as, happy as acting can make you. And all of that stuff, because if you look at your acting resume, you're going to have to write a description of all the other things you can do besides acting. <laughs> you better think about what all those other things you can put are on the resume are. Get good at those, and I promise all the other stuff will happen in time. Mm, yeah, that's such good advice. It really is so good to oh. diversify your interests. Um, I would say 
I think, I mean, you really have to start out like these two problems can't be the same problem, Mm -hmm. Um, which is the hardest part about this business is that you're your product, but you're also your home base and um, your issues with like career. um, You can't also put them in the same basket as having to do with you as having to do with relationships, right? So those have to be two different things. Your, your issues are your career and then your issues of dating. Um, the hard part is that you as a person, as a body in space, um, exists in both those worlds. Um, so all, I mean, the relationship one, it is so hard. It's so hard, especially right now. I, everyone who, who lives alone, um, I have so much respect for you for getting through this time, especially living alone in Los Angeles. You probably have some people in your like pod, uh, but it's hard. It's hard to go to bed alone every night. It's hard to like, it's, you know, my friend had a date and they went and got ice cream, but they stayed six feet apart. Like what kind of a date? Like it, you know, but if you can get through this, you can get through anything. And this is a really cool time to work on yourself. Um, It feels like a blah answer, but if you can figure out what makes you happy, I mean, it's, like Lauren said, like if there's other things you can do, if there's other interests um, to really develop who you are as a person. Like I was, I was done. I was not looking for someone when I met Caleb. I was like, for the first time I lived in my own, I had a little back house. that was my own, not the shed, a different one. Um, I had my house. I had like my interests. I had my day. I had my schedule. And I was like, this is great. I could stay like this forever. And then like, boom, bang, it just happened. Um, and so when I really, I was done like searching it fell into my lap, so to speak, you know, it fell into my shot glass. And it, you know, he was, we always say like, we don't complete each other, but we complement each other. And I think you get into some trouble if you're looking for someone to complete you, if it's a friend, if it's a a partner, um, you know, if, if you don't have your own shit, semi figured out um it's really hard to find someone to spend time with with the whole like staying in one realm of your life I feel like I really Mm -hmm. tend to do this and my best friend says this all the time when I get in one of my moods Mm -hmm. she'll be like you're spiraling like you're spiraling into everything's wrong now everything's wrong in every aspect of your life and you can't Uh go down that hole and to Lauren what you said it gets easier like over time it gets easier every single job I didn't get every guy that rejected me everything I used to cry about them every every time I would cry and then like now like I mean I'm not gonna lie it still feels cruddy but like I'm not crying as much anymore like if I don't get something like and I don't know I think this thing of like manifesting things and like have like believing that they're gonna happen is great but I think also preparing for something not to happen and realizing you're gonna be fine if it doesn't is like just as good advice yeah yeah I think the whole like manifestation I'm reading a book about vision boards right now for my book club um is great in, in the terms of you utilize it to show up every day as the person you want to be. Mm-hmm. So like today I was like, I don't have a lot going on. I could probably just go take a nap and watch a show. No, actually I want to do X, Y, and Z because if I was the Sam, I want to be in five years, I would, you know, work out and then I would take my dogs for a walk and then I would shower and I would sit down at my desk and work. And then, you know, like you really have to show up as the person you want to be and not just the person as you you are in your schedule today, um, which is very much easier said than done. And doing it consistently is hard and boring. Um, but that's where kind of change is made. And, and Lauren was right too. Like you, this is going to be the same problem you deal with when you're in your fifties and sixties. Like you're always going to be rejected, but you're not going to be rejected. Your interpretation of that character is not going to fit their story. Therefore it will be rejected. So it can't be like Sam Valentine can't be told 
she's a bad actress every time she doesn't get an audition because now I would probably believe I was a bad actress. But my interpretation of people's characters didn't work for the vision they were going for. I was going to say also to relate it back to dating, how you interpret the other person's character. If they're going to be an asshole to you, maybe you were (laughs) interpreting their character wrong. (laughs) Yeah, it goes back to those quick judgments, right? Yeah, exactly. And kind of building up this like partner person that you really like in your head. But at the end Mm -hmm. of the day, like if it's going to work out, it's because you two were meant to be together. And if not, then that just wasn't your person. I would also tell this, um, this, 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 um, question asker that this is cool that you already have some, some failures to figure out. Like you get to analyze this data, like you get, you know, and coming in like theatrical and film, like, I don't know the theatrical world in New York, but I can tell you the film world feels gigantic, but it's not that big. So you're going to see these people again. So if you still did a good job in the casting room, it's not, it's not a no, it's a later. Well, thank you so much for coming on, Sam. Um, Tell people where they can find you. Yeah. So, uh, my Instagram, the one I use the most is at one broke actress. I'm also at Sam Valentine, uh, and, uh, one broke is kind of the home of all the blogs and all that stuff. And season seven of the podcast comes out in January. Ooh. Amazing. Yeah. I'm super excited. Cool. Well, thank you so much. Absolutely. Thank you guys. This was so fun. Well, that might be one broke actress, but she is rich with information. Let me tell you that, people. Um, Yeah, she was great. And I was saying, I feel like you two have very similar personalities. I think it's your cancer signs and the hardworkingness. And I like the underlying theme of today of just like finding people like, and this is in anything that you're doing in life, not just acting, um, just finding people that really have your back and have your best interests at heart because... I think you learn kind of quickly going through life and through like these rejections that we talk about that not everyone does. And that's a shame, but um, a lot, plenty of people do and you just have to find them. I think it's really important that like, if you want to remain in a positive space, especially as cases go up with the pandemic, that make sure that the energy you're receiving from the people you love, especially going into the holidays. Cause you know, I want to be cognizant that like not everybody has a great time during the holidays Um, So just make sure that you're taking care of yourself. Well, guys, write us letters at damsels in the DMs. Follow us on social media. As always, thank you guys for your support. And until next time, it's going down in the DMs. Bye. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.